Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. I am super excited to be here with you, and I'm so grateful that you are here and tuning in, listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Excited to introduce our guest and and for you to get to know him a little bit. Uh, Today, today we have got Will Lofton with us. Will is a husband. He's a daddy to three girls. He's an entrepreneur, a coach, a champion of small business owners, and he is a Christ follower. And probably so much more that we're about to find out. Will, thank you so much for being here. Uh, welcome to Why Not Me. Uh, please fill in any blanks that I might have missed. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate you having me. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I am uh, just chatting with you a minute ago. I would say I am a coach, a business and leadership coach to what I would say, and I use this term affectionately, uh, to a handful, 15, 16 or so accidental small business owners. Um, And as God would have it, uh, I also find myself uh, becoming an accidental small business owner uh, through the course of the pandemic in the last two or three years. And God has a sense of humor and a way of working. And, um, and that's, uh, yeah, that's part of my story and glad to unpack more of that, uh, as we get into it, but absolutely thrilled to be here and, uh, love the theme of your podcast and appreciate your generosity to, uh, allow me to come on and hopefully, um, share some things that may benefit, uh, your core listening base. Cool. 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 Thanks. Well, so one thing that jumps up, jumps out immediately is as you, as you talked about who you serve, it's these accidental, uh, business owners, uh, tell us, uh, tell us what you mean by that. How, how did they come to be accidental business owners? Yeah, sure. Uh, so interestingly enough, I grew up um, small town uh, in southwest Mississippi and grew up in a family-run business myself. My dad, my grandfather, my great-grandfather uh, had a retail department store in a small town there in Mississippi. And um, so I, I broke a window in eighth grade. And uh, as a result of breaking that window, I was basically told I needed to, um, uh, you know, go to work and start paying for the window, um, you know, that kind of thing. So I learned the value of hard work at an early age. But I wa- watched my parents, my grandparents work in that small family run business. And I got a lot of value out of um, being able to learn from them and then being able to grow. But Fast forward, um, that business eventually did not make it uh, due to, you know, large retail department stores moving in. And um, this is kind of the dot-com era in the late 90s or whatever. But for whatever reason, that business didn't make it. And I, I didn't really know that small business was my thing. And somehow, about 10, 15, 10, 12 years later, God resurrected that vision for working with small business owners. 
I got um, really I landed the job of a lifetime through uh, Ramsey Solutions Entree Leadership Team, and it it was a business and leadership training um, division of Ramsey Solutions that helped small business owners. And in my probably six or six plus years there, I saw a few hundred, I'd say two, maybe 300, what I would say are accidental small business owners uh, come through that program and just see some uh, some incredible possibilities and opportunities and results through applying two or three very specific things in their business um, that I really didn't know how valuable it was or how meaningful it was. And uh, But a lot of these guys that I'm referring to, and as you ask, it's kind of a long way of answering a short question. Accidental small business owners are guys that sort of maybe didn't go to college uh, or have a degree necessarily in business. Maybe didn't grow up in business, but they're, you know, in charge of four or five roofers or they're in charge of four or five counselors. And um, they had no plan to, you know, to own a counseling company or to own a roofing company or a contracting company. But all of a sudden they find themselves, you know, in charge of a million bucks in gross revenue and five employees and they, they, you know, they end up coming to this program that I was working with or what I'm doing now and say, you know, I've never really had any training in this kind of thing. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I need help with decision making or hiring or dealing with some of my own stuff in the, in the process of uh, growing personally as a leader so that um, so that our business is in a healthy place and we can prosper for years to come and use the proceeds to uh, for a more noble purpose. So that's that's who I'm referring to when I say accidental small business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you described, I think, is um, I, I probably have somebody like I was in, in my late twenties. Uh, I was pretty good at pouring concrete. Was really good at working hard, and thought, well, you know what, we should we should go out on our own and do this. And the next thing you know, we're we're business owners, not really knowing the first thing about running a business. Um, yeah, any, right. any problem that came up, the solution was we'll just work harder. Um, which, <laughs> right, yeah. which you know, it's okay for a while, uh, but but as you, you know that if you do good work, that invites growth, and pretty soon there there's enough moving parts. Like you mentioned, you know, you describe somebody that suddenly you know a roofer and he's got five employees. Suddenly, there's a lot more communication and moving parts, and without some sort of help or education on how how to make that all operate, it's, it can be very challenging. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, Dave Rams used to say when I was with Entree Leadership and he had a part of his book, you know, it was kind of his quip was business is easy until people get involved. And then that gets opinions and that gets, you know, into boundaries and that gets into decision making and personalities and all those things that can really complicate things um, if you don't have good leadership. And then the business owner a lot of times gets buried working in the business instead of on the business. And so there's not vision and there's not clear direction. And it can really get pretty hairy if there's not someone zooming out and looking at, okay, where are we going and how are we getting there and what's in the way and uh, what's the next step that we need to take. So I'm, I've seen that a lot. Yeah. So what comes to what just came to mind, and I never thought of it this way before is if we're as business owners, if we're not the Peter principle uh, comes into play where we almost promote ourselves to the point of incompetence, un- unless we are aware, right? And, and, and pull ourselves up out of the way. Right. But, but in a sense, I never th- realized this before, but I myself uh, did that to me, right? Promoted myself to my own level of incompetence. I, I, I like was beyond where I should have been and then just had to figure it out. Yep. That's, that's, uh, that's a lot of it. And, you know, quite honestly that, yeah, what is it? What's the quip, right? 
uh, it's lonely at the top. And I've, I don't know that I've really ever under fully understood that until I started doing what I'm doing now. Um, in walking through a lot of, as you say, with a lot of business owners that have promoted themselves to their own, the point of their own incompetence, because they don't have someone, um, you know, ahead of them or someone else they're asking questions of, or they don't have a place where they're growing. And as, as a result of that, they're pretty isolated and it, it can be really difficult because if you're, you know, working through a difficult decision about an employee, you really don't want to go to the employees with, some of that. And so a lot of where I found myself in the conversations, the coaching conversations I'm having, I thought would be around uh, strategy or um, hiring or recruiting systems or processes or designing comp structures or better knowing and understanding, you know, your profit margins or having a better read on, on your numbers or your bookkeeping. But what I'm finding is at the end of the day, a lot of my conversations go more to the inner world uh, of the the coaching client or the small business owner because of what you just said. Uh, they feel like they don't quite know what they're doing and they need some space to figure it out. And uh, they don't have a lot of other people that they can share those things with. And so I really value uh, someone who's open, who's vulnerable, who's willing to let their guard down a little bit and to be willing to take the mask off and say, you know, I don't have all the answers here and uh, I need some help and uh, I'm not quite sure who or where to, to have a conversation. And um, so I need to kind of let my guard down, let somebody in a little bit and get some help. And um, those are the type of people that I absolutely adore spending time with. It's just refreshing. And I, you know, and I think some of it's out of my own story. I've felt that way a lot in life. And um, I think if I have other people around me that are like, you know, I don't know where we're going or how we're going to get there, but let's go together. And that's the kind of kind of thing that resonates with me and that I, I get excited about. So, um, but yeah, I think you're right. The way you put that, promote yourself to the level of your own incompetence um, is, is a lot of what I've seen uh, in the years of, of what I've been doing. So I think that's fair. Yeah. So, and for, for, you know, my journey, I probably would, and at some, some respects, I'm probably still there, but I've learned to, to do what you just described and that's to seek, to seek help people that have gone the way before, so I, I first got introduced to uh, like a trusted advisor forum through Christian Businessmen's Connection. So I uh, was in a small group, mm. you know, 10, 12, 10, 12 Christian men uh, that were all business owners mm. or executives. And suddenly it was, you know, kind of like an advisory board. And then, and that was a huge help and, and helped grow me not only in my faith, but, you know, in my, in my business acumen as well. And then finally uh, I hired a, a business coach, like like put money down, hired a coach uh, in 2017 and, you know, really have been just on this growth path ever since. So, and, and I say all that because I think you do coaching. Um, do you, did I see, do you also do masterminds? Uh, I do. Yep. I have a mastermind that's uh, pretty well every other week. Uh, and then I do one-to-one -one coaching uh, with small business owners, either a um, couple times a month, sometimes more than that, but two, three times a month is is typically uh, what I'm doing right now with the one to one to be able to go more in depth and get under the hood a little bit, and um, for the purpose of decision making or having the space to really um, process the amount of things that are coming at a small business owner and try to pick one or two key issues to move ahead. So I do both. Yeah. So you were. Um... 
you've been doing business coaching. So you were, you were business coaching basically through the pandemic. Do I have my timeline right? Uh, so timeline for me is um, about six years. Like I said, I was working uh, with Entree Leadership for about six years, learned a ton uh, through my time with that organization. About the time the pandemic hit, I really feel like God had been putting in my heart, even before that time, that if there were ever the opportunity to go off on my own, um, I really, I, I read a book, a four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss, probably 2016, 2017. And that book was a huge help to me. And, you know, a lot of the things that he talks about in that book is most of us are trained, right, to, you know, graduate high school or maybe go to college and get a job, pick a steady 40-hour, you know, a week job and spend the rest of your life there. A lot of us are taught that and I realize the world has changed and it is changing constantly. But he said, you know, the goal is not just to land a safe job. The goal is to like earn maximum revenue in the shortest possible time frame. And so when I heard the concept of his book, I thought that seems crazy, like work, work more, make more money in less time. But um, we had some needs going on at home, still do, with my middle daughter who um, we adopted uh, from China. Uh, and she's got a therapy program. She's got cerebral palsy. But there's a therapy program that we're working and we're basically finding out the more you work this program, the better likelihood or the possibility of her making a full recovery. And so there were some things happening at the time in the in the in the in the role that I was in that just sort of started to make it clear. It's like you know, if I could find a way to earn more in less time, I think that would be good for my family. And I think that's the direction God is uh, is, is uh, inviting me to go. And sure enough, in the middle of the pandemic, um, the place I was working, they just did not offer. They don't do remote work. And they were kind, they were gracious, they were generous with me. And it just really came down to a point where it was pretty clear it was time for me to make the leap. And um, they were gracious and encouraging even about that. And um, so I took the leap in the middle of the pandemic and started doing uh, mainly one-to-one coaching. And about a year later, I started uh, adding the group uh, as, a, as a component or part of that. So I've been doing this now almost two years, um, uh, all remote, all, you know, phone, Zoom. Uh, that kind of thing, and um, absolutely loving what I get to do and the journey that I get to be part of with small business owners. So really two years, and then, like I said, in the role uh, before that with Entree Leadership, I was in the space and saw a lot of case studies that uh, have really helped inform a lot of what I'm doing, too. Yeah. Um, So a couple directions I want to go, but um, when you are working with businesses, like if, if for, for any business, small business owners that may be listening, um, you know, that may be feeling stuck, um, and, and granted, there's a, of course, there's probably an infinite number of things, but a lot of times it boils down, you start peeling back the layers mm-hmm. and it gets down to one or two key things. Um, where, where do you start the journey with your, with a, with a business owner uh, that, that raises his hand? Well, yeah. I, I need some help. Yeah, you know, it's funny. A lot of times I'll I'll ask them, I was like, where do you think you need help? And quite honestly, a lot of times they're so close to it, they're not, they're just not even sure. Like, I don't know. I, I need to be in a different place and I don't know what's going on. So I usually, rather than start and try to drill in too deeply to what the current, you know, problems or issues or perceived issues are, I start with, well, where do you want to go? Like what, what, you know, with unlimited resources, you know, what would, what is your desired future? Like, what do you feel like God is calling you to for this business? Like, what do you think is possible? 
uh, if some of these other barriers or internal obstacles weren't there? Like, what do you want to build? What do you think you're made to build? And or what would success look like? I just try to start with a vision of what the future is. And, you know, the crazy thing is a lot of times they've never had anybody ask them that. And um, so I try to start with a, a clear vision for what their desired future is. And then I say, okay, let's work backwards. What do you feel is really in the way? Uh, and where do you need help to try to remove some of these obstacles to you being faithful and successful to building what you're called to build? And uh, quite honestly, a lot of times it's most of them are, you know, in the business a lot. They're very reactive. Uh, they have a lot of head noise um, and they're stuck internally. Quite honestly, I've seen a lot of even stuff from childhood that sort of shows up in the business. I mean, um, childhood trauma and not that I'm a therapist or a counselor, but um, a lot of that stuff just sort of shows up in the course of the everyday interactions with employees or um, boundaries, not knowing quite how to set boundaries or communicate clearly. And uh, we start to work on, you know, okay, what's your plan for where you want to go? And then does everybody really know their role? Are they clear on their expectations? And I've got a a little assessment thing that I sometimes walk through with small business owners on uh, the different, uh, I think it's called the five P's, right? Like, how are you doing personally? Um, how's, your, how's your people? What's your plan like for growth? What's your product or service like? And then what are your profits like? That's sort of a, um, a stair-stepping uh, series of, um, you know, you start with the personal foundation of where are you as a leader and then build from there on top of that. And sometimes we'll walk through something like that together. And clarity comes usually as just you ask questions and listen and create the space for where the, where the desired future is and then start to unpack what are the things in the way. Uh, it usually starts to become pretty clear. And it's usually just if it's a you know weekly or biweekly coaching, it's trying to work on one or two things and keep those things moving and then periodically zoom out and look for bigger, bigger picture vision. So that's what I do. I'm curious what you do, if, if you don't mind me asking uh, the question, what, what helps you, you know, kind of start with where they're at and what helps you get them on the, on the track to go in the direction they need to go? Uh, it's actually, it's a, it's a similar process. Um, it's, it starts with, um, you know, what, what is the, what is the vision? Where, where do you want it to be? Where do you want it to be for you? You know, not just, not just the business, but what's, what's, right. what's your exactly. story? How's it going to play out? How will you be remembered? Um, and for, for me, I, I didn't for years did not think of these things. It wasn't until reading uh, Covey Seven, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and, and it goes mm -hmm. through that exercise of you know, imagine your funeral. What are, what are they saying about you? And, said, and suddenly it's like, oh, mm -hmm. that, that's a that's a great question. Um, so uh, similar similar to what yeah. you do uh, with starting with you know first recognizing where you're at, and and because sometimes there's um, just being really realistic about where the where the business is because uh, sometimes it's much better than the owner realizes because they are in the weeds right they haven't they haven't really picked their head right. up to look around right. and seen the potential and then take them through the process of you know okay so if this is where we're going what's the structure like so pulling out an or you know what's the org chart and have you done it and a lot of times they have but you know they they fill the org chart out once and put it in the folder and then it's never revisited so you know, part of the process we do is yeah. just using that as a tool, making sure we've got some good metrics. But all that, and you mentioned this, is you, know, you distill it down and down and down until it's this weekly discipline and quarterly discipline of having meetings, open communication, just having the 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 systems in place. 
so that communication flows mm-hmm. openly, there's clarity, there's there's transparency, and suddenly you've got a healthy team with a shared vision that enjoys working together and collaborating mm-hmm. while still challenging each other, but all pulling towards the same shared vision for the org. So that's yep, yep. yep. Well, and I found I found even in my time that um you know, when I was with Rainbow Solutions there for a season, I, yeah, I, I was a big fan of a lot of the personal growth books. Um, I guess uh, the leadership books that uh, Maxwell has written. And then, like I mentioned, the four hour work week. And then they, they do a great uh, entree leadership does a great podcast that, um, you know, that had some big name authors on that. But I, I often had read those books in isolation and really never knew what that could feel like if you're operating in an environment, just like you say, where there is clear vision for your role and how your role connects to the larger purpose and vision of this organization. And there's accountability for, okay, we said we need you to make these number of calls and you made that number of calls. Hey, what happened here? What's the, what's the disconnect, right? There's accountability, there's vision, uh, there's openness, there's an, an invitation to like, hey, if you have a different idea, please, please help us see what What's your, how your idea is going to get us to the goal. We're not afraid of conflict here, and we want to invite that. And the more I saw that, the more uh, I was like, well, this is not just theory, some of the things you read about in books, but this can actually be pulled off, uh, and it feels different when you're in, type, in this type of environment. It's, uh, there's, a, um, there's more of a growth atmosphere in a context like that that is a great, obviously, re- retention tool, but it's also great for helping deepen your bench. Uh, whenever you need to build leadership teams or whenever you need to backfill a position uh, or whenever you as the business owner need to be, you know, take two weeks off instead of a week or take a month off instead of two weeks or whatever, so that you build something that goes up in value. And at the end of the day can eventually ideally be something that runs without you or be very incredibly valuable if you decide you want to sell one day. So that's, that's the stuff I'm learning that really even business school or college or, growing up in the family business just sort of never entered my mind. And so that's, that's some of the value of that. Yeah. So uh, exactly. And you mentioned a couple of things uh, just now that, that really resonate because things I never thought of. And going back to this, you know, we started this conversation with the notion of the accidental business owner and have, you know, I never stopped. And a lot of the business owners I interact with have met, have served, haven't stopped to think about their exit strategy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe they're not, maybe they don't intend to exit or sell, but at least having the systems in place. So they've got the, f- the personal freedom. You just mentioned, you know, maybe they want to be gone from the business for two weeks or, or four weeks or six weeks. Um, what we're discussing, having these systems in place creates that freedom, uh, for the, for the business mm-hmm. owners where they can, what I like to think of, you know, in my, in my, in my idealistic head is they can get their head up out of the weeds and start to serve and have impact around them, right? In their spheres of influence, they can do more for their community, um, volunteer with their kids or their church or, or give more or missions or whatever impact that they feel they've been called to have. Um, when they're so tied to the business that they're just in the midst of it all the time, they're so limited in the impact they're, they would otherwise be able to have. So I love what you're doing for your business owners. Will. Right, right, and it's pretty gratifying. I um, and it's whether it's time to go do those things, or uh, there's one business owner I'm thinking of that I'm I'm working with, and he said in the a course of a 
about a year. And he worked with me and there was one other coach that we kind of worked in tandem a little bit together. A lot of the internal stuff, time management, decision-making, just having space to stop and think about where his time was going and then have me ask him, you know, some harder questions about time use and is it going towards the most strategic use of the time? Um, He told me probably a year in, and this is another part of my story is uh, my wife and I were tent maker missionaries in a undisclosed part of the world and in the far East uh, where we spent about five years uh, working um, as, uh, as tent makers to basically further the kingdom and, and further the gospel in that part of the world. And uh, this guy, one of his stated purposes is, is in his business is giving more to missions. And um, so uh, in the course of the first year, that was one of the things that he shared is like, look, I think just in this last year through getting more time to stop, think about where we're going and spend my time on the 200 or 300 or $500 an hour jobs instead of the 20 or $30 an hour jobs. Uh, we've got another 300,000 that we're able to give uh, to the kingdom and to missions. And um, so, it was, you know, it's just it's funny how God sort of brings you full circle. And allows you to experience some level of gratification in, okay, my time just sitting and listening and, and asking deeper, harder questions of a small business owner is resulting in, hopefully, lives being changed and the kingdom expanding and impact happening halfway around the world. And so if if you're slowing down and doing, uh, what is it, what's the Henry Ford uh, quote or quip, uh, thinking is the hardest work that that anyone will ever do. That's why so many, so few people engage in it. it. Um, But if you can really stop and and slow down and think about where you're trying to go and then have someone pull out some of those harder questions or just have the space, right? Not that they come in as your advisor or consultant and tell you what to do, but have the space to someone to listen more deeply to where you're at and where you want to go. That's where the bigger impact can happen. Uh, if you're intentional about that and if you have, and that's what's been fascinating to me is even going through some of the coaching training that I've had is just the value of, um, of good questions, of deep listening and of creating a, a regular ongoing time of space to process where you're at and where you want to go. Because you're right. Most small business owners are moving 90 miles an hour and they're, they're so busy in the weeds or there's so many fires or problems that they're having to put out that there's just a, a lot of benefit to slowing down or pulling away and going to a conference or something like that uh, to think harder about where they're, where they're needing to go. And uh, that's, that's what's been fascinating, even in my own journey, is just having experienced that like in mentors or people that were discipling me or coaching and helping me. Um, I never saw the value to it. Um, and then just seeing that impact at a higher level in the organization is, it's a lot of fun and it's pretty gratifying. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, so you, I just want to back up for a minute. You did say tent maker, correct? Tent maker. Yes, very much. Tent, when I use the term tent maker, I'm speaking of who Paul was yeah. in the New Testament. Um, and so that's a lot of what he did, right? Is he, he made tents to pay his way and pay his expenses while he did kingdom expansion, missions, apostolic type work. And so that uh, was what we did in uh, in the Far East yeah. uh, for about five years. That's right. Yep. So, so in the most literal sense, you were a missionary in a fo- in a foreign land. Um, 
That's right. Yep, that's right. And I, I use the term tent maker because I guess, you know, Todd, I guess I've never really felt like I was a, a pastor or a preacher or a full-time minister or anything like that. But um, in college, um, like I said, I grew up in a small business and a, and a family-run small business. I got a business degree and uh, a small Christian university in Mississippi, and I, I graduated college, and I, I got to spend some time overseas <clears throat> um, after that. But I, I really didn't have vision for how business could impact the kingdom. Mm. And as as God would have it, uh, through some of my experience there overseas, God put me around two, three, four other guys that were heavy. If you're if you're familiar with the Navigators Ministry, a heavy discipleship background. Yep. And they were they had started a uh, they had started a rug factory in this part of the world where I was living employing local people, and uh, they were very much all about no we want to do good work uh, create a, a profit uh, in, in the business with a you know quality product or service that serves the community uh, that pays our bills and uh, and that we can reinvest in the community that has integrity uh, that, you know, helps people see, um, what it looks like to live and work hard, but also act in faith. And, um, I think through my short term, so I was, I was in this same part of the world, two different times, one, one for a couple of years. And then later in life for about three years, we actually, God allowed us to go right back to the same place where I'd been seven years prior. And, um, but God used that time and being around these men who were open and honest, who were authentic, who were vulnerable, who were, you know, talked about how they, they tried to lead and love their, um, their, their wives and their, their kids and lay down their life for their families and do the same thing in their businesses. God used that season to really give me vision for what was possible with small business and what was possible with kingdom impact with small businesses. And so I, you know, came back and, um, God gave me a season where I went to grad school and I went through a discipleship process myself. And then really, uh, and I even wrote a master's thesis on the intersection of small business, tent making, uh, and kingdom expansion. And so God is allowing me to do that here in a vastly different way than I thought he would allow me to do it. I thought it was going to be, you know, I'm overseas for 20 years speaking a different language and doing something like what these, these guys mentored me and taught me how to do, but it's almost been in the reverse. Um, it's here in the U.S. working with the accidental small business owner, many of whom are, are, are have some faith background or are Christians or believers, not all. Uh, but it's been in reverse and helping give them vision for the nations and the ends of the earth and using their business for a higher purpose right here, even in the U.S. with their employees and helping their employees grow and develop. Um, so it's funny how God works, isn't it? But that's 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 what I mean by when I say missionary and. Uh, tent maker and all that. Does that answer kind of what you're wondering? Yeah, actually, and and you already tied it together for me because we're you were again overseas on mission, and now it would seem that you are at home and still very, very much in the mission field. Um, just you just happen to be the marketplace is where you've been planted now to carry out the mission. Um, which right, right, and that's the distinction. That's that's exactly the distinction. Is using yeah, is seeing the marketplace as the mission field. I think that's a good way to put it, and that's why I answered the question a little bit more precisely about uh, tent maker missionary versus say a traditional missionary, where they raise support and are sent to a part of the world, and they're forty hours a week. You know, they're sharing the gospel or teaching or 
or serving the poor or, or doing whatever it is that God has put on their heart. But my, my call, calling specifically feels like business is part of it. Uh, it's just sort of morphed and grown and changed over time. And um, that's, that's the assignment that God has me on for, for this season. That's awesome. 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 Um, can we, can, can we visit about your daughter for a few minutes? Um, yeah, absolutely. So you, your, sure. your middle, your middle daughter, uh, she's adopted. Is it, do I have that right? The middle daughter is adopted. Correct. So we, ad- we adopted her from, uh, the part of the world where we lived for five years. And, um, literally, um, the last two weeks we lived in this country, uh, we, um, got on a train, spent 12 hours, you know, riding to her city, um, went through all the paperwork and adopted her. And then two weeks later, I guess we finalized that and then pretty well started our lives over on this part of the world, uh, and have been, you know, raising her and then two other daughters since, but God's done a work and is doing a work, um, in us through learning to be adoptive, not only adoptive parents, but parents of a child that has special needs. We, we, we knew some of her disability when we adopted her. We didn't know the full extent. We had godly mentors that really encouraged us. It's like, you know, if you're going to adopt this little girl, you need to be willing and ready to give her whatever life God requires and whatever she needs to thrive. And so we said yes. And we haven't known all of what that means and just kind of did the David Platt thing of we'll write the check. Our yes is on the table. What do you need and what do you want, Lord? And um, a lot of she has cerebral palsy. And so a lot of what she deals with day in, day out, she um, has a walker and has a wheelchair and does a lot of therapy. She we we, we you know, we feed her and she's not able to um, to get around without some level of assistance mm-hmm. mentally, cognitively. She's extremely clear. And, um, she, you can ask her questions and get yes, no answers or multiple choice answers or all that. She's a delight. Um, and yet it's, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of just day in, day out of, of our own feeling like we're in the weeds, just doing a lot of the basics of life. Um, and it can be you know, a lot of work physically and, and yet God's giving us a lot through it. Um, even though there's times that we're so close to it, it's like, man, this is, putting one foot in front of the other and it's not always easy, but um, he's in a, in a variety of ways. He's been giving us what we need and, and providing what we need, but we're, we're goal. Our goal is to work this program. Uh, it, it, we've learned a lot about the brain and trauma, uh, even through our adoption. Um, and one of the things we've learned is that the brain, if there is, if there is some type of brain injury, that those things can be healed and they, they see kids make a full recovery over time. And, but the, the deal is there's got to be more inputs work in, in working in that program. And so that's a lot of our vision for, you know, using the time and part of the week is to work this program fully. And, um, and so that's, that's where we're at for, for this season. Yeah. Incredible. So this program, um, it's fairly new. Uh, this is so obviously t- technology and what we know about the brain. We've learned a lot lately, but I don't. I don't know that I've ever yeah. heard of um, full recovery of cerebral palsy before. So if you if you don't mind, well, you know a little bit about that. Pro- yeah, so it's called neurological reorganization, and it's based on this idea of I guess neuroplasticity. And there's um, there's a book out. I've, I've made it part of the way through the book called "The Brain That Changes Itself." Forget the author. Um, but it told a pretty powerful story of a guy 
I want to say uh, later in life, 50s, 60s, something like that, was climbing in, I think it was rock climbing somewhere down in South America, fell, had an injury. And after that injury, he was in a wheelchair, could not walk, et cetera. And the, the case study of, of this theory, neurological reorganization, is based on this idea of there are certain levels or certain um, developmental um, levels that each person has to go through for the brain to develop fully. And if there's an injury or a gap, you can go back and physically walk through those levels again and relearn, say, the ability to, to sit or walk or stand and relearn the ability to gather speech and all that. And so a lot of what we're doing is uh, we have a consultant that we meet with that, that helps us get ideas and also helps provide accountability for, are you, are you doing this and all that? Uh, but a lot of what we're doing is putting her on a table and, and pulling her hand, doing hand motions like on each side of the table with each hand. Uh, we're helping her crawl on her own. And the idea is before you crawl on your belly, you know, you got to crawl on your belly before you can crawl on all fours, before you can actually, you know, sit upright and then stand and all that. And so uh, the days that we do the program, we see a lot of benefit. The days that we miss it or we get too busy, we see a lot of tightness and a, and a lot of, there's just less development, right? Yeah. And so um, that's the program we're working, but they've seen kids and they, they have kids that go and do this, I want to say 40 hours a week at a, at a specific location. There's centers where this is done. We haven't been able to put that type of input into it, but yeah, they have kids and this is when it was developed in the fifties or sixties. They have kids that make a full recovery from this and are able to function completely independently and recover the ability to walk and talk and function. And um, that's what our hope and prayer is. And at the same time, if we never get there, okay, we never get there, but we want to do what we can to leave it all in the field, if that makes sense. And so that's, that's the idea of the more you can put inputs into the program, the more, the, the possibility of recovery is. So that's, that's what we're working. And that's where having community and having inputs and having someone outside of things in our situation has been a, 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 a big help with vision and, um, and with encouragement when you get tired and, and you get beat up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what the program is. Cool. Cool. That's, uh, it's encouraging. I, I got to imagine for, for you and your wife, it's gotta be just, uh, uh, a great resource of renewal and strength and, 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 and God's got it. Right. So Absolutely. of course there's, there's always that's right. Amen. Uh, Amen. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and there, again, there's um, it, it's just, it is amazing with medical advances and technology and programs that exist today that maybe when I was growing up 30, 40 years ago that you didn't think about and you didn't know what was possible. And so, um, but even in our own life, I feel like God is, He's giving us things and he's giving us nuggets and he's teaching us and growing us um, in, in our own journey of learning about trauma and learning about um, uh, what's important for kids to feel safe or your children to feel safe or people to feel safe. Um, he's, he's given us lots of lessons through that, um, even just in some of our own childhood and upbringing and just some of the, the challenges that anybody experiences in life. And so. Um, it's, it's amazing how God, you know, God, God will give you, um, opportunities right in front of you. And you think maybe you're helping someone else and you're getting more with him helping and growing and changing you through the process of, 
uh, taking leaps like that. So that's that's part of what our journey has been about lately. It's it's truly amazing how he works that out. So we we yeah we talked about your middle child. Uh, tell me tell me about just real quick as we're, we're as we're getting close to uh, to time. Uh, tell me about your other two daughters. What give me give me their top two favorite things to do or the favorite thing for for the five of you in the family. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm genetically in the minority of my family. I have, uh, dark hair or actually shaved head. And, and so is my daughter that we adopted from, you know, the, the, uh, far Eastern part of the world. Uh, but then my three other, uh, family members are like, say, I'm kind of the only dude in the house. So it's all, it's all females besides that. But my wife is redheaded. My other two daughters are redheaded and they're, they're fun and a delight. My youngest has kind of my personality. She's into sports, but uh, she can also tend to see what the problems are pretty quickly. Uh, my oldest is uh, more into theater and she's into creative expression and she's kind of typical driven firstborn and, and some of that. But we, we love where we get to live. We love this part of the, the country here, just south of Nashville and so we like to uh, to try to get out as a family, take you know, and do um, hiking, take long walks as a family. My youngest is is playing soccer right now, and then my oldest is into theater. Like her her mom is also into that that type of thing, and so um, yeah, we enjoy it. We're part of part of church and have a great in the atmosphere at church and a great uh, ministry of others that are that that are parents of kids with special needs, and so we found a lot of encouragement in and through that and a lot of support there too. And so that's, uh, we also homeschool my primarily my wife homeschools. And so, yeah, it's been a quite a change just the last two or three years going from full-time employment outside the house, 40, 50 hours a week, whatever, um, you know, some travel and some of that to pretty well everything happens in our home now. And uh, so it's good. And I think for some families it you know, it might be a little too much. And for ours, it's, I feel like God's, you know, not only, I would say our relationships have even benefited from the time around each other. And it seems like uh, we're not perfect, obviously, uh, but it, it's enhanced our relationships and it's, it's been a good working environment for, for the season of what we're called to do. So that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Uh, sure. So as we get, uh, as we get set to close out, uh, I'm wondering if you could offer our listeners one important or impactful question that they should be asking themselves, what would it be? Well, I'm thinking about a lot of, it's kind of the core focus is sort of the accidental small business owners that you and I both encounter on a regular basis. Um, I think burnout is a real danger in this sort of day and age with uh, overuse of technology or impending recession, depending on where and how you look at that. So I would say maybe the question I would ask is if if you are a small business owner and you are in the weeds and you are feeling some of the fatigue or the discouragement or some of those things, um, I would ask, are you more focused on possibilities uh, than you are on problems? And the ones that I work with and journey with and spend time with tend to come to me because they are maybe burdened by all the problems and they're not taking any space to look at the possibilities. And so I would ask you, you know, what what's possible for your business? And is there a regular time where you're asking yourself that question or you're part of 
a group like Todd runs or, or working with Todd in a one-to-one or another coach in a, in a one-to-one capacity where people are asking you those questions that get you out of the weeds and help you reconnect with uh, your purpose, your calling, and what's possible for your business, but also even what's possible for your people in the business in terms of growing and helping them develop into some type of a longer-term career path. Um, and if you're not asking those things, I don't mean to be negative, but the, the odds are higher that you're going to slowly veer towards a state of burnout and of losing vision. And you've got to have something uh, that's giving you growth and vision and helping you connect with what's, what's possible for where the Lord is asking you to go. Love that. Thanks, Will. For our listeners that would like to connect with you, get to know you better, engage with you professionally, uh, what's, what's a good way to reach Will Lofton? Yeah, thank you. Um, loftincoaching.com is my website. There's, um, uh, there is a, you know, a list or there's 11 questions. If you take that last thing I'm talking about and want to, you know, regularly work through that just on your own, there's 11 good questions to ask. Um, 11 questions to ask when you start working on your business that you can sign up for there. Uh, the other thing is uh, just find me on LinkedIn and send me a connect request and I would love to be connected there. And I try to, um, you know, post valuable questions or quotes or, you know, thoughts or whatever as I, um, as a valuable member of that community. And I do that on a consistent basis as well. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being, uh, being here with us today. Thank you for your time. It's precious. It's valuable. So we greatly appreciate yours. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Todd, for your generosity and just for being willing to have me on and get to know me a little bit. It's always a pleasure just to get them out of, out of my own world and the own, my own rut that I can get stuck in and, um, and, you know, come up for air a little bit and um, hopefully give encouragement to you and to the people that, uh, that listen to your program. So thanks again for having cool. me. Cool. It's been a pleasure. And listeners, of course, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate each and every one of you. Love you. I'm going to leave you with this, whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dream God has put on your heart. Remember you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, and live life strong. Peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble. Stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.